Before we get started, just a quick reminder that our producer, Monday Abu's poetry collection called Piri, is now out for sale. Check it out in the link in the description. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Daily Wisdom Words podcast, where every week we talk to folks who have stories, advice, and life hacks, all of which take you one step closer to that feeling of hope. We are so proud to welcome accountability coach and fellow podcaster as well, Lindsay House. Hey Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. We wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) We were tracking you down, girl, no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, just a brief context. Brief context for our audience. Uh, you know, we had a mutual guest. We're both, we're all podcasters here. And you had Sharon LaFlem, who we've ha- also had on three times now. <laughs> She's a wonderful guest and friends. a wonderful friend of ours as well. Yeah, a wonderful friend. And so when she said, hey, catch me on this latest podcast of Lindsay House. And I'm like, ooh, who's she? This is so cool. And that, that's when I got the idea. Oh, my God, we got to have you on the show. So here we are. Cool. I feel very honored to be here. Truly. Thank and you. I, and I love what we're going to talk about today. Taking your, you know, your uh, accountability of what is going on with you and putting it into action. Your health. Yeah. Your, and a little bit of well-being. nutrition talk. And yeah, hopefully you'll be able to, you'll be able to clarify the bipolar nature of health advice and nutrition because there's so much out there right and every month we always hear this is good for you no it's not this is good for you no it's not so hopefully yeah we'll get into that but before we do all that uh can you get talk a little bit about your background and how did you become how and why did you become an accountability coach Yes, I would love to unpack that story a bit because we all have them right we all have the story of how and where we got where we are today. Um, I came out of school as a dietitian. And as a dietitian, I was consulting in fitness clubs and they were like, you really should get your personal trainer's license to fill the slots in between your nutrition consults. So I went ahead and dove into that and almost ended up liking the fitness component more than the food talk. But I I love them both. And I love that I'm on with both of you today because I feel like the mental component to all of this is just as equal. Like every trainer wishes they had their nutrition and their therapy skills and every therapist probably would love the nutrition and the fitness component. Like we need it all because it all has to coexist together. But one of the things that I really noticed within my clientele was they would say, I know what to do. I just need to do it. I always felt like I was doing more handholding, more of the accountability piece than anything else, even than the teaching. So my niche really became more of accountability coaching versus I don't work as much anymore with diabetes, with blood pressure. I still can cover that, but I, my love, my passion is, I know what to do. I just need to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that like 90% case they say in all types of coaches in all areas usually say this, right? That our job, the meaning the life, the coach's job is to get them there, but they have to be the ones to do it, right? Is that pretty much common amongst like 
across all the all the areas of health and mind and accountability that basically you're showing them the direction, but they're the ones who have to make the journey, right? Um, yeah. Yes, no, Neil, I do feel like you're hitting it spot on and it is, it, it's individualized, period. If, if we could yeah. all truly take our journeys and understand that it has to be ours and it has to be ours because somebody else's doesn't fit. Like we have to listen to our intuition. And I love Sharon LaFlame went with that. You know, it's really about, we already know the right answer for ourselves. We just have to listen to that. And one of my examples, I'll just give your audience because I talk in examples a lot. I think it makes a lot more sense. But when we think fitness even, and let's say that one of your listeners goes, I am on a good path. I've finally been getting in more steps. I'm really enjoying walking. And then they talk to their neighbor or a friend who is training for a 5K, or they've started doing <laughs> Orange Theory or another fitness. And they're like, oh, maybe I should be doing that. I, they've seen really good results. So they jump ship from what was really working for them because they liked it and they'd show up to it because they feel like they should do this other form. And now they're not loving that. And so they fall off and then they blame themselves for not showing up to the gym, to the class that they never really cared about in the first place, but they thought they should care. (laughs) Orange theory is tough. That is tough. Yes. And to some people, they love it, right? Mm -hmm. But like to somebody else who doesn't fit that, I call them personalities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think if you're already there, if you're already at a certain level, you know, and you hit Orange Theory, sure. But if you're just beginning and you hit Orange Theory, I don't think you're going to make it. So that's why they Mm -hmm. need someone like you. Depends on a fitness personality. I annoy some people because I'm this very like progress over perfection, direction, not perfection. Oh, I do. Even my husband was like, I'm going to write a different book because I wrote a book called Direction, (laughs) Not Perfection. He's like, mine's going to be perfection with direction because he's a little more hardcore (laughs) and I'm a little more fluffy. Like, I feel like it's just, we all have fitness personalities, food personalities. So it's about knowing our own personality, really. Our intuition. I keep coming back and, to that, but it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And do you have your book? Do I have it? I do. Uh, it is Direction, oh, Not Perfection. I, oh. <laughs> yeah. I love coaching from your wine, di- wine loving I love that photo. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's where I want to be, right? Right there. I, you and me. We'll yeah. get old and sit on there and just rock. We'll be neighbors and just hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do put that. the wine on there on I, purpose because I think that people feel sure. like dietitians are like hardcore and people feel like personal trainers are hardcore and and it doesn't have to be that way. Again, I think that we can find yeah. balance within our journey and it doesn't have to be black and white thinking with all of it. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect segue like to uh, this next question, because as you mentioned, right, individual experience is so important to recognize ourselves. How does one who wants to make a change in their life, who wants to pivot, but is so lost, doesn't know where to turn, how do they start? Yeah, I think it's such a good question. And I feel like it really starts internally. It starts with asking that question, and I'm sure your audience has heard this, but that question of why. Why do I care? Ask why till you cry. It is figuring out. Oh, I love that. 
Yeah, I, I, you heard that I once heard and that. I adopted it because I really, no, it's so much deeper than we give it credit for. A lot of us think we want to change the number on the scale. And then the more that we ask, like this is my experience in my realm, is that the individual say, I want to lose weight. Well, why? Because I want to be able to get on an airplane because I haven't, I'm nervous the, the seatbelt won't fit. And so I haven't flown in years. Okay, that's like a much deeper, much more meaningful, I want to travel is the true why versus I care that much about the number or like grandparents wanting to get on the floor with their kids and play and participate in their children's or their grandchildren's life. And right now, either whether the size that they're at or their physical capabilities, their joint pains, whatever that looks like, they're not able to do it. So I know I'm circling around your question, but it starts no, with no why do I care? Okay. <laughs> and then when we can figure out the deeper meaning of why, and this is what builds our sustainability well, that's within our the mental health. That's where the mental health part of this comes in. It yeah. is, right? And I think that a lot of people try to tackle their journey with one component. So I feel like I should work out. And that's what my problem is. I don't work out. And then they work out and they notice that they didn't quite get the results they wanted or their results weren't sustainable. And then it goes back to what you were saying, Rini, is that, hey, we never tackled the mental component of it over here. We never, we didn't change as a person. We just changed a habit for a short term. And then I think the same thing with food. We have some people that down here are going, I just need to meal plan and then it will all fall into place. Well, you started meal planning and now people in your family aren't loving your changes. And so now that's putting up new barriers. And so again, it comes back to the mental component. We have a lot to work around because food changed, but my environment didn't change. My people around me are exactly. changing. Mm -hmm. And, yes. and mm -hmm. believe it or not, the people around them will sabotage them and, you know, and what's the word I'm looking for? And, uh, where they don't mean to. Yeah. Not intentionally. Yeah. No, unintentionally yeah. because yeah. if they're seeing results and they're not getting results, you have to, you know, you have to understand why that's happening. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think if people can just really grasp, I'm fighting for long term. My end goal, now that I've dug to my why, my end goal is I don't want to be talking about this or thinking about this this much in 20 years from now. So maybe if I put in all the work for two to three years, then I can settle in a little bit. And that doesn't mean that things get to go away. Like we'll forever have to plan around food. We'll forever have to plan in where our movement will work. It just doesn't have to be quite as intense, but as it, it probably does in the beginning part of the journey. I have a lot of people who are like, oh, am I going to be thinking about food forever? No, but you might need to think about it pretty hardcore for a minute till you get your groundwork laid. And once the groundwork yeah. is laid, exactly. then we can like mentally exactly. put it it's on. never about the question that i come in with it's always mm -hmm. about how they come back and dig you know and you're like oh i mm -hmm. wasn't looking at it that way i wasn't viewing it that way and now i, mm -hmm. I can settle in and this feels so much better but maybe Damn. i didn't get the answer it's almost like neil how you're asking okay if i if i'm saying i want to do something and i'm not doing it 
where do I start? And this is what's annoying about coaches too, is that people want to walk in and say, give me a meal plan. Give me my workout. Yes. And if you do that, you won't stick with it because it doesn't fit. It doesn't align with your, you know, with your soul. It doesn't align with what your, your true needs are. Cause no one knows that until you work with somebody and get all the background you know, so yeah. I think it's, that it's if like we were they taking, want, is it, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's this is yeah. something we hear a lot from uh, co- other coaches that we've had on, right? Is they say the biggest problem is clients come in and they want us to solve their problems, and we can't mm-hmm. do that, right? We can offer them alternative mindsets, we can show them direction, we can help them find themselves but we cannot be a solution to the actual problem, right? And I think that obviously it sounds a little repetitive because what we talked about before, but that's basically right. So many, I'm sure, do you, how often does that happen with your clients that they come in and expect you to basically solve my problem? And if you're not able to, because that's not what you do or nor what any other coach does, then they're upset, right? Or then they don't like you or they don't like any other coach, right? How often does that happen? Um, yeah, so it's interesting because I must be a glutton for punishment because I think that's what I like about, (laughs) I like that, like there is this capability of the brain work and the changing of, but it, it's so easy if somebody's coming in for diabetes as a dietitian to teach on blood glucose control, then you are giving the person, you know, what they want, but you shift over into more of the accountability space or the weight loss space there's not no we still to this day don't have like a one solution fits all on bringing somebody's weight down or helping somebody gain weight and so it really it's again back to the whole picture and there's a ton of frustration around it and i think the the goal or the key is to get somebody to trust enough that they're willing to hang in there with you long enough to start to see their results because my most frustrating part is is that in nutrition and fitness and you started to talk about this in the beginning everybody is seeing the promises of quick fixes and they don't work and they don't truly exist but yet that's the bright shiny thing that every and of course we want to go to it you know like of course i want it to feel easier and and so i think like for me and my clients, it's, I have to keep promising them. Like, I promise I'm fighting for you for weight loss, but that's not what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the brain part. And when we're acknowledging wins, if you can say that something different came out of your mouth, like I, I didn't beat myself up today about a food choice, or I didn't stop at fast food. And instead I brought something with me. Like those are the true actionable steps that are truly making a difference. It's just slow. And so it's so frustrating to try to get people just hang in there with me. If you can stick with it, you'll get there. But we fall off before we get there because somebody else offered something faster and why wouldn't we choose faster until we realize it didn't work. And then we come back to, okay, we're now on back to the slow and steady wins the race, you know, like, you know, you go into an orange dairy glass and they just yell at you, you know, ride faster and not in a bad way. I mean, you know, they just, they're like yeah. hyping, 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 yeah. you know, and you're, you're still back there on the training bike, you know? So 
when they come back to you, they're looking for that validation and you are giving it to them. And don't we all need validation? Like, I think we all need somebody. Yes. Yes. Our mirror looking back going, you did that, darn Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. made a change. Yes. I remember like we had a another life coach on a few months back and it is she said something very interesting which still stuck with me she said there's a reason why the fad diets are just that they're fats every few years we see mm-hmm. miracle weight loss and miracle and she said there's a reason why all of that stuff is fads is because in the long run they don't actually work unless you put in your end of it in your mental health right so would you agree with that that majority of these miracle are actually not anything that claims to be a miracle quick fix is probably just you know wrong yeah it wouldn't okay yeah and i feel like you'd probably say this if you were telling your kids about money. Like if you hear a phone call or an email that comes in and says you won $500, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably true. So question it, like don't, don't buy into that. And yeah. that would be my yeah. same advice on these diets. And here's what I want your audience to hear out of me too, because Please. non-judging, total non-judgment of, I truly believe something works for everybody. Okay. Like yes, you will never definitely. hear me bash a Weight Watchers, a Jenny Craig surgical weight loss. Like I have seen those, everything work really well for their own right. reasons and why it fit into their life and why it was sustainable. And then I've also seen it in the really not work for other clients. So I think again, it's like settling into if something sounds like it could work for you, even if it feels a little faddish, if it gets you that jump start into yeah. finally seeing some results, I'm open to that too. I think that we right. kind of need yeah. all of it. We just need to yeah. not have the expectation that it's like, I'm going to give something 60 days and then I'm going to be done. And then it's going to be fixed forever. Do you remember when the low fat diet was all the rage and they were getting rid of the good fat? You know, and so that would work for a time, but then you need like, you need like avocado and certain oils and and stuff like that. And they weren't letting you have that. So of course it's not going to be sustainable, you know? Yeah. Right. And you're bringing up a great point. Cause like, think about now, I feel like carbs have really gotten the, the highlight end of the deal <laughs> and the evil, you know, like a lot of people mm. won't even eat a banana cause they've been told that the banana's too high sugar. And I'm like, hang on a second. Let's just like, let's just take some information yeah. and understand that maybe watching carbs is a positive thing, but thing. we don't have to take, yeah. cause carbs have good things in them for our athletes, for our kids. Mm-hmm. And even for us, if yeah. we're moving. Mm-hmm. So here's to carbs. Soda. We, oh, there you go. Right. Yeah. So yeah. almost to completely Truly. go back to that question of where do I start? I want to make sure that your audience feels like they have a game plan out of us today and the motivation to stick to the game plan. But game plan one would be to discover your why. Step two is to who is going to be your accountability source. I know a lot of people use their physicians, which is fine if you have somebody that you love there. It could be a PT. If you're struggling with some joint things, it could be dietitian. It could be a coach. You got to kind of pick. I have a client who called this and I loved it, but she had her dream team. 
I was part of it as being a dietitian. She had a personal trainer. She had a physical therapist. And not that she used all of us all at once. It was just like this rotation of who do I need at this season, this phase of my life to succeed, to to really feel Mm -hmm. well supported. We need support. If you don't have the support there, we will always get derailed. Life will always happen. And that is my promise to everyone. Like, even if you feel like I've got this amazing, I will never fall off. Yes, you will. But it's okay. Like, it's okay. That's the, we will. Something either tragic will happen to us or really happy happen to us. Or then all of a sudden we chunk down on that priority list and the good habits can go out the window for a minute. But when we've changed, truly changed, the mental health has changed and the want of it has changed, then we know how to come back to it. And I think that's what I'm ultimately fighting for is more resilience out of my clients. It's the ability to overcome something more quickly so that we're not restarting next month or restarting next year. We're restarting tomorrow morning. We're restarting next month. Like it's faster so that those damaging things that we do in in between the restart don't have the time to affect us as heavily. Yeah. Exactly. And that's all part and parcel, right? Something I always say, like, and I've started to say this more on the podcast, but I've always believed this, right? It's called being human, right? Making a mistake, falling off track. It's all part and parcel of being human. And we can't stop being human no matter how how much we want. We can't, right? So, yeah, it's always going to be there. There is so much good research out right now for what movement does for our mental health, which maybe you two have already really shouted that out, but just coming from your dietitian and personal trainer, the statistical significant benefits of movement, decreased depression, decreased general anxiety, increased quality of life, decreased stress. Like when people start to hear this, and if you are dealing with any form of of that anxiety, even sad, even that seasonal, um, why am I missing the seasonal disorder? <laughs> Depression. Thank you. Depression. Yes. Yeah. That movement plays into part of the prescription of that, of the healing of that. Yeah. And yeah. if we can start to view movement like that more so than again, changing a number on a scale, the scales, the side benefit, the brain health, to me is the number one. It's the like, heck yeah, I want decreased risk of dementia down the road. I I saw Mm -hmm. a statistic one time that was a 60% decrease of dementia with people who move uh, 30 to 45 minutes, five days a week. Like that's crazy. That's amazing. And a whole different reason to put our lace up our tennis shoes, you know, is I'm going to go out because I want my brain to work better. Awesome. Yeah, like that to me is way more motivating. Do you think that part of it, at least not all of it, because I never blame one thing on one source. Right? It's, it's never just one. Source. But do you think that the advent of technology and smart homes and things like that are adding to the point where it's not just convenience anymore, right? We're also getting lazier. And what I mean by that, let me explain. 
Smart homes are great if you're disabled, handicapped, or if you're really aged and your body just doesn't work. I get it, right? If you're in a wheelchair, greatest thing ever. You don't have to get up and struggle to turn on lights. But if you're an able-bodied, young enough person or healthy enough, I shouldn't say because age doesn't have to be everything. If you're healthy enough and you can't walk 10 feet just to turn on light switch and you prefer to stay on the couch and say, Alexa, turn on the light, does it does that contribute to overall like because i feel there's a fine line of technology between convenience and sheer laziness and we are tipping over as a society really fast onto that other end where we shouldn't be just my personal opinion maybe people may agree disagree i don't know but what do you think about that you know what comes to mind as you're saying this have you both seen the movie wally Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're like yeah. up in oh, space yeah. and all sitting and they can't walk yeah. anymore because technology's mm -hmm. done everything for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like such mm -hmm. a complete over exaggeration of it. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a reality factor that you've brought in with that question, Neil. And where my brain goes with it is that you're right. It's not like it's not an evil thing that our technology has right. brought on so many good yeah. things. It's more of it always comes back to awareness that we're very aware or we need to be aware that we have natural movement that has just been taken out of our lives. And sometimes it's really yeah. good. It's awesome that things have been simplified, but yeah. where are we going to replace it? So yeah. if we're not doing the natural movement, then we need to be a little more conscious about where, where else am I going to be able to fit that in in my day? And it comes right. back to a, I like pedometers sometimes, most times, of keeping track of like how many steps we're doing, not because I think we all have to hit the 10,000 every day, but more so to be like, oh, I'm only getting about on a work day, if I sit in front of my desk, I'm only getting about 2,000 steps. So where else am I going to replace some extra movement? So it's kind of like gentle thinking with it that... It's all very loving, you know, like, and you had even mentioned, you're like lazy. I don't mean lazy. And it's right. Like we have these words that immediately give somebody else a feeling of like defensiveness and mm, uh, accountability sick. can actually be one of those words. We don't want somebody telling us. Um, so it's kind of like reframing some of our words to just how do we build things in and also understand that everyone's at a different whether it's a disadvantage or an advantage of why we're able to do what we're able to do in the day and just making sure that we're real with it and excuses aren't coming in because we probably have a way to work around it but we might need that gentle help to figure that out and then to yeah. be very aware if we're not moving because that's scary and to and if yeah. getting well, up to turn on a light switch was part of our movement and now it no longer exists, like where are we going to replace it? You're going to end up being Wally in space. <laughs> if you don't get yeah. it, if you have a light to yeah. turn on your legs for the rest of your life, you're going to end up being Wally in space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be in that it's never a just move. Just do. Why aren't you doing it? You know, it's and that's why you have to have the mental health component in the plan in the overall health mm -hmm. plan or else i mean how offensive is it to somebody who's struggling with mental health to hear a personal trainer or a doctor say just do it just get up pick yourself up by the bootstraps mm -hmm. you know and go work out yeah. already mm -hmm. quit being late like oh there's so many onion no, layers that yeah. you feel there that mm. right mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But we yeah. need to keep educating, and that's why I love your podcast. We need to keep educating everybody. We talk so much about everything being, you know, subjective and what works for you, right? And finding your right path. Are certain things like we read about, especially especially when it comes to our mental health, like brain foods and things like that. Do they exist? How accurate is that when we write about? take this for not necessarily diets and fitness and weight, because that all depends on your body type and a lot of other factors. But is there like things like brain foods and how effective are they for our overall mental well-being? Okay, great question. And I'm going to layer this a little bit. First and foremost, just because I think that people get really caught up in the nitty gritties of nutrition where we could just start broad picture and still get a lot of benefit. Um, And I'll give you examples with that, but just to eat healthy, like basic food guide pyramid, we're talking, try to fit in two servings of fruit in a day, three to five servings of vegetables. You know, if you're not a vegetarian fitting in some of your protein through your healthier meats and anything with fiber, that eating and drinking enough water in the day is its yes. own brain food. Okay. Like healthy eating in general, nice variety, varied eating, lots of color in your diet, all feeds our brain in a way that it needs to be fed. Is there like yeah. now next level of that? If we're thinking pyramid, just try to be healthy, fit in what we need. Next level would be what are those things that do more? So like fish oil, healthy fats like that. There's a lot of study around that with decreased dementia and even after concussions, faster brain healing. So our good facts, back to Rini, you were starting to say, we can't take out all the good fat either. And you're right, because that is a, it's a brain helper. Um, Water. I've noticed so many individuals who come in with some chronic headaches and migraines and they are not drinking enough water. And it's amazing that just good old water can start to cure some of that. And same thing even with depression and anxiety, that sometimes we have individuals who are leaning too much into caffeine and, um, and they're not hydrated. And so we decrease caffeine and increase hydration and they are in a, a much better place. So I know I'm only like touching on some of that, but there is a reality. It's just probably not what you're thinking I was going to give you like, yes, certain nutrients are important, but more importantly, most of us don't do the basics that we should be doing in the day. Anytime I have to have a hard conversation, I walk and talk because it lowers my stress behind the conversation. I can think more clearly. Mm -hmm. All that like extra, if you ever picture like that extra energy where you're like doing another habit, maybe like people who pick or people who clench or nail bite or whatever, when you all of a sudden throw movement into it, you mm-hmm. that extra energy is getting pushed somewhere else. That's just a little more productive. Uh, when the layman like myself or Rini, who are not uh, as uh, experienced in this area, say someone like you are, someone of your expertise and research and your education in that field of nutrition accountability, what are some signs to look for when we're doing our research? Like when we look for certain things, how should we apply to life? Is it just, okay, now that I, they've said this information, let me find out about my body and see if it correlates or what should we do to sort of, I guess, confirm that whether this will work for us or maybe it won't. 
One of my good examples with that would be a research article came out one time and it said you can lose X amount of more weight if you exercise before bed, okay, versus the morning. And I've seen research flip back and forth on this, which is what it does, right? And which is why it's so confusing. And so that became a constant question that was coming up for clients. And I was like, okay, first and foremost, would you exercise right before bed? Like, so you're always checking back in with yourself. Like you're being your own advocate mm -hmm. always and saying, first and foremost, do I think I could do that? And if the answer is heck no, which would be mine, by the time it is evening and my kids are home from sports and school and, and, and right, like I'm not working out at night. So I don't care if it gives me a 5% more burn before I go to bed, it's not <laughs> happening. But that's me. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah. so we yeah. check in. And if the and if that doesn't make sense, then it's not for you. And it also is one of those things that I feel like when I said nitty gritty detail earlier, this is exactly what I'm talking about. We could have had a great morning workout routine happening. An article tells us to work out at night. Now, all of a sudden, we feel like we're not getting any benefit from our morning workout yeah. when we have to work out at night, when that's not the case. It's just yeah. saying that there's like a percentage more that's working for us. Same thing with like, if we do resistance muscle training, we can burn more energy at rest. We can burn five mm -hmm. to 10 more calories yeah. at rest. So mm -hmm. is muscle training good? Yes. Does that mean if you're not doing that and you're only doing cardio, then you're not doing anything right? No. <laughs> No. And yeah. it's really like taking all this information and always bringing it back to the basics. Like I will forever tell you, you can never go wrong if you are moving and you are trying to fit in healthy foods in your day. You are automatically doing something right. Could we nitpick it? For most people, they need to start so basic and don't worry about any of it. Like if you're like pay attention to if I'm just moving more and if I'm just trying to add in fruits and vegetables for probably, I shouldn't throw out a percentage because that's not facts, but I was going to say 90% of us could just benefit from just doing the basics water. and then once the basics stop working. So let's say that we are fighting for weight loss and we add in more fruits and vegetables and we added in movement and we saw two to five pounds of weight loss and that worked for us for a couple of weeks. Okay. Once we hit a plateau, then we go, now what do I think I could nitpick that might make that next 5% change. Well, I've been walking mm -hmm. 5,000 steps. Maybe if I do a walk jog, that could be my next mm -hmm. small change. Or maybe if I do longer, or maybe if I try a day in the gym. And then once that change mm -hmm. kind of either feels more innate or runs its course, mm -hmm. then we nitpick the next thing. Well, maybe I'll take out fast food one day in my day. And that's kind of how I work with clients and goals. It's very like, what am I willing to change? And then if we've hit the plateau, then we nitpick. But I think everyone generally goes right towards nitpicking first. Do you two use the word decision fatigue? Is that, and does that flow out of your vocabulary i i don't use that word but it, why does the why does it sound so familiar to me I know. i'm sure it goes it, on constantly <laughs> it does and that's what we're describing like the decision fatigue is we feel like there's all these things that we should be doing when the reality is when you have that coach telling you hey 
let's try one, two, and three. We've taken away the decision fatigue and we've brought it down to it's just steps and we're just working yeah. our way through the steps to get to the next goal. I love yeah. that decision fatigue. Yeah. That is yeah. my new favorite word. Words. <laughs> Words. Yeah. It's, um, it's ironic you, know, you brought up, uh, sorry, let me get this. It's no. just ironic when you brought up the whole, the, uh, you know, one article said exercise before night. And my, I, I actually must have read that somewhere as well because I asked my counselor who I see for clinical depression and, and he said, don't do it for me personally, just for me. He said, I would not recommend that because my condition is such with that I need to calm my brain as I fall asleep. And he said, when you exercise, your adrenaline starts pumping, the endorphins are, and that he said, before you go to bed, that's the last thing you need is, yeah. oh, let's go. So he's like, don't do it. Not for you. Maybe for someone else, it may work. Don't do not do it. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I get it. I won't. So. I just remember that when you brought that up. So, yeah. You bring up a really good point, though, too, because depending on back to our individual why, you have a specific reason why you would have needed to question something like that more, but only you would know that. Yeah. You know, and I right. think that a lot of times clients aren't their own advocates. They just hear it and, and the professional said it. And exactly. so let it be done. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So uh, I am making a decision right now, and I am not going to be fatigued about this. You, my lovely friend, are coming back because this has been a really wonderful, nice. fascinating conversation. I've learned so much from you. Yeah. Tell us where we can find you, your website, social media, your podcast. Podcasts. Yeah. Yes, I would love to. Um, health accountability coach, all one word.com is my website. And if you jump on there, I currently have a little blurb that comes up that you can dive into my free Facebook group. And I'm really good about interacting personally with my followers for the questions that do pop up. And I feel like it's just a really supportive network. So you can come seek me out individually there. You can also go to Direction Not Perfection is my podcast show that I host. And that's on everywhere that you can find your podcast. I love you. I think you are a wonderful human being and you make this world a better yeah. place just by being yeah. here. Yeah. You are so, wonderful. Thank you so much. And I would be so you honored will come to come back. back anytime. Yeah, okay. we'll stay in touch for sure. So hold uh, up that book again. Yeah, and one tell more us time. Where we so can please. get it. Please tell us where we can get your book. Oh, can you, hold up uh, you book? can get it on Amazon. Yes, you can get Direction Not Perfection on Amazon.com is the easiest. And I'm working on an mm -hmm. audio version right now because I think we Perfect. live in a society where you mentioned walking and listening to podcasts. My hope is to tell you where to find it on audio within the next year. So. Fantastic. There you go. And yeah. There you go. So, okay, Kim, yeah. you have a wonderful day. Yeah.